This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. going on everyone it is jay scott this is the hook rocks your ultimate rock community podcast hope everyone's staying warm and everyone's doing okay everyone's getting ready for the holidays this is episode one of the 12 days of christmas which we're going to be doing throughout the holidays 12 topics 12 different fun topics kind of getting away from the what's wrong with rock and roll these days and just kind of having a little bit of holiday fun a lot of episodes, a lot of shows that I've wanted to do for a while that I kind of postpone. So we're going to try to get to all those from the 23rd of December through, I think, the 3rd of January. So they'll give us a good 12 days of different topics each day. Hope you enjoy it. Always love the feedback. Today's guest is a repeat offender, a repeat guest, who we did a Richard Cotchin <laughs> Uh, show prior and a Blackberry Smoke dedication show as well. All the way from Kansas, off the beaten path of the Yellow Brick Road, we have Crash Crafted. What's going on, Crash? Uh, very little, just staying in and out of the cold. Yeah, you and me both. It, it has warmed up a bit here lately, but it does feel like winter has already settled in, and you know we're in here now digging in for the next few months. Yeah, yeehaw. Yeah, that's right. So, getting right to into the topic, man. Uh, Blackberry Smoke. We did the show, I think, back in September. We did a show just dedicated to how awesome Blackberry Smoke is. And I've seen them live four times over the past year in 2019. I saw them twice in March. I want to say late February, early March the band Ida May, husband and wife outfit out of the UK through Nashville. Awesome blues-based band, Delta blues-based band, just incredible. And this was two of the shows on the acoustic tour that they did. I made mention, I think in the previous show and on other episodes, when I just closed my eyes during the, during the concert and it sounded absolutely perfect, like it was exactly on the album. The thing that made it so great was it was so simple, you know, but it sounded perfect. 
and it you know playing simple stuff or, or simple arrangements or whatever isn't always the easiest thing either especially when you make it sound as good as blackberry smoke does the second or the third time i saw them was with the tedeschi trucks band and another band out of i believe georgia is shovels and rope i saw them at a show out here west of chicago put on a fabulous show another fantastic live performance and then the last time i saw them was back in september was with the record company at the House of Blues. So maybe we did the show back in August, I want to say. Um, but nevertheless, one of the top live acts right now, active bands over the past decade, just continue to put out great music, continue to do awesome things in concert, always play a different show. I have yet to see the same show uh, performed live by Blackberry Smoke. And this live album here, this homecoming record, which is Two Nights at the Tabernacle, is essentially a live greatest hits or pretty close to it. And you really get a good vibe of what their performance is like. They also have a DVD as well for these shows. I have not seen the DVD. I've only listened to the CD at this point. But, again, just a great live act, great music, great songs. I couldn't have said it any better. I agree. Whereas I'm, I'm different. I haven't got the CD yet, but I've watched the film. Right. So. Now, you know, the CD you know, like, like I made mention, the great thing about Blackberry Smoke is I don't think there's ever been the same live performance two nights in a row or, I mean, I don't even know if they do the same performance any night. I mean, there might be some similarities. It might be close, but it's always different. And I really appreciate that because we've all seen bands that play the same set list, play the same tunes, the same mannerisms, you know, the the, the same fake, uh, what do you call it? The the, the fake uh, banter. Ban- yes, banter. Between song banter. Yeah. So. You know, and YouTube, of course, exposes that now because you'll look, you know, you'll just see them in Chicago and then you'll look up, you know, at their St. Louis show or wherever and you'll be like, well, wait a minute. He said the same thing two nights ago when I saw him. So it kind of loses a little bit of that. I think back in the day when you didn't have social media and you didn't have the outlets that you have now, you were able to believe more into the spontaneity, which I think was the word I was looking for. Um, in in a, in a band's performance, yeah, yeah, the, they pulled back the curtain with this whole social media stuff, right, right, which kind of makes me want to stay off of it. I don't go on set list anymore. I don't want to know what the set list is going to be. I want to be surprised. I don't, you know, look for live performances on YouTube like I used to, unless it's like an older tour. Or it's like a you know band that's like in the UK that I know is never going to come here or very unlikely they're going to come here. But I really try to stay off of that. And I've really learned to enjoy the show more. The less social media I look at in regards to a band's performance and putting the phone away. You know, I, I used to be, I used to take pictures at shows. Now I allow myself maybe five or six pictures I don't take any video anymore, and I find that I enjoy the show way more. I live more in the moment 
when I'm in the when I'm at the concert than I did previously. Yeah, I miss those days. Those days of just going for the show, right? And, you know, not not having a documentary or having a bunch of people around you shoving phones in your face during the documentary. It is a frustrating experience when the band goes on for the first song, whatever band it is, it doesn't matter. And, you know, every phone in the room goes up in front of you. And basically you're watching the band on stage and you're watching all these screens just record what they're doing. And I guarantee you nine out of these 10 people who are recording the show are never going to watch that video. They're never going to pull that up on their phone because guess what? I never did. I recorded stuff at shows and I never watched it. I never watched what I recorded. And then like when I, you know, six months later, I'd be taking pictures and it would say out of memory must delete files. And those were always the first ones I would delete because they took up the biggest room, you know, it took up the most memory. So I, you know, I don't know. The rank of tours who I took with my, I took my son to see over the summer made everybody put a phone in a little, like, uh, I don't want to say container, but like a, I don't know, like a bag. Like a pouch thing? Yeah. And it made for so much more of a better performance. The crowd was so into it. There was so much synergy with the band and the crowd because everyone's focused on the show. Everyone's focused on having a good time. Not like you said, showing everybody where you're at, showing everybody what you're doing watching the show through the screen of your cell phone, you're actually, you're actually, you know, rocking out. You're not distracted. And I I tell you when the, when a crowd is into a show, it is so much better for the performance and so much better for the experience because it's just, you know, everyone's out there, you know, clapping along, jumping up and down, not you know, not being distracted by whatever, um, and I, yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and and I have enjoyed the four times I've seen Blackberry Smoke. Let's dive into the album here. I know you've done a review, and let's start out with the things that you noticed, the things that kind of drew you into the record. Well, obviously, you know, having seen the Find the Light tour in two thousand eighteen. Um, when they were out with Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, obviously the material off that album, you know, was a highlight to see, you know, with high definition and all the bells and whistles. Um, and then, you know, just the interplay between all the members. And then, you know, they have the, the extra guests up there with the Black Bettys and Benji Shanks and Preston Holcomb on percussion. You know, and one of the things I really, really, really enjoyed, I love, you know, the covers that they throw in. So, you know, they threw in uh, Space Captain by Joe Cocker and Black Black Crows later, you know, covered it as well. And I really loved their version of that. You know, it's just kind of a trippy, fun tune. And, you know, it was added on to the concert film as well. There's a bonus track. I think it's a bonus track also on the CD too. But you know, I, I just really enjoyed all the new material. The only the only thing I'm I'm upset about is the lack of material off their debut album, "Not Lucky Ain't No Crime." You know, because that's when I got into them. So I always love when I see stuff off that album. 
unfortunately, it kind of seems to be forgotten, you know, sometimes. So, hopefully next time we'll throw some material off that. Yeah, you know. But other than that, you know, it's a gorgeously, the, the people, the company that did that, filmed it and everything, you know, the edits on it, all jumpy and, you know, like hyper, you know, speak out. You know, it's real smooth and, you know, high definition and the sound quality is amazing. And the band was on fire that night, as they pretty much are every night. But, you know, the homecoming shows that seem to be a really, uh, really cool experience. Hopefully I can get down to Atlanta next fall for a 2020 homecoming. I'd like to, you know, I'd really like to do those in the when they have them, but may have at the shed in Marysville, Tennessee, the brothers and sisters reunion. You know, because people come from all over the world for those. I think those would be, be pretty cool. Yeah, that's one of the things that motivated me about listening to this record and, and knowing that they've done this now. This was their sixth homecoming show. and Yeah, this is the sixth year they've done it. Yeah, and I was just kind of like, I gotta get down on one of these things, man. I gotta, I gotta experience Blackberry Smoke with hardcore Blackberry Smoke fans, like in one room, just you know, rocking out. And I, yeah. I, I, that that is on my bucket list. I do want to do that because I just think that you know, there, there, there's, there's not a lot of frills of Blackberry Smoke. It's just playing music and playing it very well and. The songs that they have are all great. I don't think they've ever released a bad song, you know, like songs. I mean, but that's just, you know, me being a huge fan. But very rare do I like a band. And, you know, there's always a couple songs where I'm like, eh, it's okay. I could just put one of the records on and be completely happy for the rest of the day listening to it over and over again and not skipping through anything. They're that good of a band. And they're that good of a live band. Um yeah, you know we we make mention on the hook rocks a lot about going to see bands that aren't charging a hundred bucks plus, especially for nosebleed seats. <laughs> um, Motley Crue, Def Leppard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Motley Crue, Def Leppard. Who are they? Um, but uh, yeah, but they, you know, you go to a show. I mean, the House of Blues tickets. I forget what they were. I don't think they were probably more than like thirty bucks. And you get to see them. You got to see, you know, that's the other thing too. They always take out great acts with them. You saw them with Tyler Bryant, which I'm totally jealous, even though I've seen Tyler Bryant twice. Um, but they always take out good acts. You're always going to see great bands with Blackberry Smoke. You're not going to break the yeah. bank going to see them. And you're going to have a good time. And I don't, I don't know why stuff like that doesn't resonate more with rock fans. I don't know if it's just this attention to go see the big names with the big dollars and say you saw them and, and, and whatnot. I don't know. That, that doesn't really attract me. I want to go see good music. I want to see a good band and I want to see something different every night. And Blackberry Smoke provides all of that every time. Testify. Testify. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, you mentioned the covers that were part of the set list at these shows. I'm trying to remember the songs that I saw them play while out on the road, especially the one at the House of Blues. I know they had Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick at the show in Rockford that I saw, and they did I Want You to Want Me. I know they've, they've nice. brought 
Yeah, that was a great moment, too. And I know they brought Ida May up for the encore. I know they brought a member up of the record company on for the encore. So they do a lot of that, which is really cool, and that's not done enough anymore. But how did you feel the presentation was? I mean, you saw the DVD. You know, was it a good representation of what they're like live? Oh, yeah. It captured it from beginning to end, from the first note to the last note. Um, I don't, I really think Stevie Wonder and a deaf guy would have to be filming them and recording them professionally to not capture it. You know, the, I mean, the, there's some, there's some photogenic gents, that's for sure. You know, <laughs> there, you know, so I don't know how else to word it, but yeah, it was a, it's a really, really, really well done, beautifully captured audio and visual experience. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was, I've always been a big fan of their Light of the Georgia theater release and the, uh, leave a scar in North Carolina. And this one topped it, you know, this one really topped it. What was, what's the difference for this one as opposed to the other live recordings that they've released? You know, for me, it would probably be uh, a broader scope of material because I'm trying to think live at Georgia Theater came out. I'm probably going to be wrong. I think 2011, maybe 2013. And then Leave a Star was 2014, 2015, I could be wrong. I'm probably way off. Um, you know, so they had a lot more material to choose from. You know, so you get a broader scope of what they've done. You know, and obviously being the Red Dogs that they are playing 250 shows a year, you know, they're, they, you know, it's hard to believe, but they get better. You know, they're like a fine line. They get better with age. You know, and then the injection of like Preston and Benji into the band, whether they're full time members or not, I mean, they're out with the band pretty much all year long. You know, and so that thickens up the the recipe. You know, thickens up the stew, I guess you could say. You know, and just adds to their sound. Or sometimes you add, you know, I remember in two thousand ten or two thousand nine when they added Brandon you know, on piano and keyboards. And I, you know, I've always loved, you know, piano and keyboards, you know, in a band from like, you know, Richie Costin had Ireland Shirebaum playing with Dean or, you know, the Almond Brothers or whoever. I always like the sound, but sometimes it can suck. You know, it just, it doesn't sound right. And so I, you know, kind of leery of it. And I went out to Nashville and seen them for my birthday in May of 2010. You know, and I, it was one of probably within the first month that Brandon was playing with him, I think. And, you know, I was kind of leery going into it, you know, and he killed it. And the band sounded that much better, you know, and then now you have Benji and Preston up there and it just takes it to a whole nother level, you know, and then you throw on, you know, like the Black Betty's, you know, that's on this film release, you know, and it's just, adds a whole new element to it. 
you know, it'd be really cool if they would have filmed, because I don't know, maybe they did, but professionally filmed this year's release where they had the horn section up with them, you know, during Believe You Me. You know, that's, I've seen the stuff on YouTube of it, and it was just insane. You know, I mean, there's, you know, what's next, an orchestra? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't complain. Well, they did try to mix it up a little bit at the beginning of the year with the acoustic, you know, tour where they kind of, kind of stripped everything down and did more of a intimate performance with that. Oh, I'd love to see a professionally filmed, yeah, DVD of that too. I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic, Um, and and also then to see them twice, you know, playing their regular show, their normal show. It's a nice contrast to kind of compare the both of them to see what the differences are. Do they play that yeah. many shows per year? I mean, you mentioned 250. Is that a yearly thing for them? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, they pretty much play all year long. Except for pretty much they take the majority of December off, you know, to spend with their families. And usually that's when they go in and record a new studio album. Hmm. You know? Yeah. So, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but so yeah, usually, you know, they do a few sporadic shows in December, you know, and like they're, you know, I think they're finishing up the year down in Florida with a run. Yeah, I think they're doing a show you with know, Bishop Gunn. They're doing a show with a, a band from Mississippi called Bishop Gunn that is one of my favorite newer bands out there. And again, Blackberry Smoke, you know, having a great band, a great up-and-coming band playing with them, which I really think is a testament to them because, as you know, I bitch, piss, and moan about that all the time. And you know, I don't want to get too much into it because this is a Blackberry Smoke episode, but you know my thoughts on the Motley Crue Def Leppard tour and how there's not one up-and-coming band on that tour. And then when you, yeah. you, know, you see Blackberry Smoke basically exposed me to three or two bands this year, Ida May and the record company, and then they're going to play with Bishop Gunn down in Florida and expose other people to them. Kudos to them, man. That That's how it should be done. That's that's something that doesn't happen anymore, and it's it's just incredibly disappointing that more bands don't do that. Um but again, I can't say enough of how awesome that is. And the people who are going to that New Year's show, I think it's two nights. I think they're doing an acoustic set on the on the 29th or something like that. And then they're doing two shows or maybe it's one acoustic show and then one regular show. I don't know. But I think Bishop Gunn's playing with them for two nights. And those go, people going to the shows you know, down there in Florida to see them, you're in for a, a, a great surprise because Bishop Gunn can really bring it. Yeah, I got, you know, that's one of these days I'm just going to like quit my job and just start touring with people, just start following them. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's <laughs> fun to do. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they they do a lot of shows per year, and that's why they're so tight. That's why they're so good. You know, like you said, moments ago you know you more the more you play with each other the more you know someone and they've been doing it for years now 
it's seamless. It just seems so effortless. And that's really what it was, especially when I saw him with the acoustic set. You know, I, I, I took my son to one show and I took my buddy. After I took my son to the one show in, I think it was Waukegan, Illinois, the next night they were playing in Rockford or maybe the following night or maybe they had a day off in between. I don't know. But I called my buddy the next morning. I'm like, dude, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, oh, I don't got anything going on. And I'm like, we're going to see Blackberry Smoke in Rockford. We're going up there. And he said it, you know, like we walked out. He's like, man, that's like so seamless. It's so effortless that it's like, it's beautiful. There's a beauty in it. Yeah, and it's not like they're, you know, it's like we talked about earlier with, you know, the same stage routes and the same, played the same way. I mean, it's just, it just flows, you know, effortlessly, it seems. But they're just super tight, Yeah, you know, and like, you know, they go off into little jamming and stuff, and sometimes bands, when they go off jamming, it's just an unnecessary wing fest, I think. You know, but these, it, 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 they're jamming the groove. Yeah. You know, and then they throw in little, you know, they throw in some Zeppelin here or there, you know, the Outlaws, or, you know, whoever, and, and they you know, Bob Marley and no other jams. You know, then right back into, you know, the song they started, and it's just cool. I mean, they're tight musically. It's just, as I say, you know, I hashtag a lot of my posts about them, you know, hashtag the best band in the land. That's, you know, in my opinion. They're up there. They're certainly up there for me, too, as well. Um, you know, them, them touring a lot is is pretty much the way it works now. You know, bands can't afford to take a year off and, you know, kind of just relax and take it back. They, you know, once you once you're committed to touring, you have to constantly do it. You have to record songs in between breaks or, you know, take a, a month and a half off to do a new record. But you're writing while you're touring. You know, you're you're probably working things out during sound checks or you're probably trying stuff out if this works or that works. So when you go into the studio, you know, you're not creating something from scratch because that costs money. So you're pretty much ready to go when you go in and then you do your, you know, 150 to, to 250 shows a year. I know when I spoke to Nick Reese from joyous wolf a few months back, you know, he made mention that they did 130 some shows, which is a lot for a debut EP, you know, for a new band just coming out of the clubs, right? That's a lot of shows for, yeah. for a new band, but that's going to benefit them. It's going to make them better, and that ultimately is better for the fans because you're going to be getting right. more of a polished product as they get better and as they get older. But, you know, the downside is for the actual band and the people in it is they don't have a lot of time with their family. Um, you know, they're on the road. They're, they're, they're making money that's how you make money now and you got to keep putting out new music to support the tours that you go on and it's a cycle it's it's a it's hard to get off that cycle these days because of the way the music industry is yeah so yeah, I, mean, I can remember back in the old days and that very smoke was swimming in the van with a couple roadies and you know and they played. They played even more shows then than they do now. 
you know, in some shithole places. Oh my word. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Some some dive clubs. No, I nice to see where they're at now. I've seen a fellow Georgia boy one time. I saw him at the House of Blues. And I think the House of Blues is probably like a fifteen hundred barn, right? It's it's uh, probably no no more than I don't think it's more than fifteen hundred. And then the next probably three nights later I I drove with a buddy of mine. Same guy I drove to Rockford to see Blackberry Smoke. We saw him outside of Bloomington, Indiana at a small bar with probably 60, 50, 60 people. And they was packed. It was a small, tiny bar. But, you know, it, it, you go from, like, the House of Blues to, you know, the local pub or the or the village pub and the next town over. And, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see bands in an intimate setting like that. But it's also cool when you see them rise through that, right, and be able to play different places, play small theaters, and be successful at doing it. What are your, you know, outside the covers and, and everything, what are your highlights of the of the record? What do you what do you think was the strongest moments? Um, I really liked um Flesh and Bone. Just I mean that this song is just it's got a, it's a dirty groove. You know, it's just distorted, you know, the guitar sound distorted and I'm not technically, I'm not not a musician, so I get the technical terms wrong, but it's just a dirty, grungy groove. And um, for some reason, I've run away from it all. Like, I mean, I like it on the record and stuff, and, you know, the the acoustic sessions, you know, the Southern Ground sessions that they did, they did a version of that song. And to me, it just kind of seemed to, I don't know, I don't know, overplayed the wrong word or whatever, but I really enjoyed, you know, the presentation on this concert film of it. You know, it gave me a whole new love for that song. You know, and I believe that's one of the songs that Charlie co-wrote with uh, Keith from Buck Cherry. So it's been kind of cool to see Keith get up there and do that with him there on the, on the film. But that one came across really well. You know, but you know all the new material that they did. I'll find a light on it. You know, that was probably the highlight of the whole thing for me was just how well all the new material. You know, like Sleeping Dogs, and that always goes over well. I I wish they'd put Freedom Song back in. You know, that was always a highlight. And you know, they play it in select places now, but. You know, that would be nice to see on there. And, of course, you know, stuff off Bad Luck. But, you know, mainly, you know, the new material, you know, or the newer material was the highlights for me. I wish I had the track listing in front of me because, you know, it would jog a memory. Or even my review, I should have printed it out. <laughs> I really and liked it, I really liked Medicate My Mind. Um, yeah, yeah. That was a great version that they did on the live record run away from it all I've liked since I first heard it I I went through one run away from it all one night and it was their jam in the van episode and I put that on a repeat oh, yeah. I put that on a repeat I swear to you I listened to it for three hours straight over and over again nice. I have a problem I, 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 I am I'm not right in the head 
when I do stuff like that. You know, like I, I what other um, I've done that with other songs too, where a song will just capture me and not let me go, and I just listen to it, yeah. and listen to it, and it just it doesn't bother me. It and then I'll and then the next day I'll take the CD and I'll get in the car because I still have a CD player in my car. And I just, I'll, I'll just listen to it, you know, over and over again. And when I get that into a song, like I did with that one, uh, it's hard for me to get away from it. It really is. Yeah, I did that today. I was out running errands, and uh, I took a long find the light with me. The first time, the second time, I took uh, like an arrow. But the song I got the song off of find the light, I could just sit there with that thing on the loop for an hour, you know. And it comes from, you know, the stuff that I was going through when that album came out, you know, health issues and stuff and just being down in the dumps. And first time I heard that song, I mean, it it welled me up, you know, so it always, you know, has a real special meaning to me. And I'd met, you know, a really, really great friend at that time. And Valerie, hello, Val Val, if you're listening to this. You know, and that's that's kind of our song, you know. She was going through a lot of issues in her personal life as well at the time. And I remember it was like, you need to check this song out. It'll 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 hit you in the feelers. You know, so that's our song, you know. Yeah. But you know, I would I I, I could I could listen to that thing on loop. I have the same type of connection. So I always look for that connection when I'm listening to music and, and sometimes I, you know, I like something and I'll connect with it on a surface level, right? I like the music and, and I'm into it and I like it, but then there's those moments where you connect with it on a, like a real personal level. Right. And yeah. when I was going through divorce, how long have I been divorced now? Uh, geez, 12 years going on, it's going on 13 years my soundtrack for me during my divorce and post-divorce was Butch Walker, Sycamore Meadows, another Georgia, Georgia guy, right? And his music, even the albums that he released after that in the few years after my divorce, were basically the soundtrack to me growing through that period, right? Growing as a person, becoming a different person, being a single dad, you know, raising a, a kid who at the time was two years old and just having that music there as a form of release and a form of comfort while you deal with a major change in your life. Now that I've been divorced now for going on 13 years, Blackberry smoke has given me that personal connection and the personal connection that I have with it is now that I'm settled in with my life. My son is now a teenager I'm oh god yeah <laughs> shit right so doom, 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 doom. every day every day um <laughs> but now that I have a teenager and he's getting more independent and I've settled in to my life post divorce you know it's been over a decade blackberry smokes music and their songs have connected with me with the moment I'm at in my life, where I'm at in my journey. And over the last year, their music has really, 
I don't want to say guided me, but kind of like Butch Walker, assisted me in my everyday journey in life and in getting through things and adapting to things. You know, some of the words and the lyrics really do hit you, you know. Maybe not, yeah. well, maybe not like well up like some songs do, like the song you have, you know, but just like, wow, th- that makes me feel like exactly what I'm going through right now. or That's exactly the perspective I have in my life. And it's really cool when an artist is able to do that, and not just on one song, but like on several. And, you know, thank you to Blackberry Smoke because they really have, especially this past 18 months to two years, have really been you know, part of my journey with the personal connection I have with their music. And I've, you know, I've connected with things all throughout my life, you know, whether it was with Pete Yorn, whether it was with Van Halen, you know, when I was younger or whatever, you know, who, whoever it was, I've, I've always been able to have that connection to someone or a couple different artists at the same time. And it's a really cool experience when that happens. Well, you know, and, you just triggered, maybe that's the wrong word to use. You triggered something. Oh my God, you, missed, you triggered me. But I went through my divorce in 2003. And I remember I got Bad Luck Ain't No Crime, Blackberry's most debut album, probably, shoot, a month or so before, you know, the shit hit the fan with my, you know, soon to be ex wife. And, you know, I loved it from the get-go. And then, you know, like you said, that album, Black, Bad Luck Ain't No Crime, was kind of my soundtrack through the divorce and, you know, everything that came after it. And it's kind of weird because the ex-wife loved it too, mm-hmm. you know. And to this day, you know, 16 years later, 16, you know, 16 years later, you know, she, you know, she went on with her life and remarried multiple times. But she'll occasionally, you know, shoot me a, you know, text message and, you know, like she was on vacation this last summer and she's like, Hey, I'm, I'm somewhere out in North Carolina, I do believe. Hey, I'm going to see Blackberry Smoke. And unfortunately that night the concert got rained out. They were out with Tedeschi trucks, but, you know, it was, it's just kind of weird. You know, when you said that, it was like, yeah, I went through that with bad luck, you know, and especially like, because at that time, I had people throwing all sorts of, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. As I was going through the whole, you know, hair-pulling process of going through a divorce, as you're well aware of, you know, it's not an easy thing. And then, you know, everybody, you know, you need to do it like this. You need to deal with it like this. And, you know, the song Scare the Devil off that album where, you know, you can take your good advice and shove it up your ass. You know, because in the race of life, I'm always going to come out last. That song and that lyric, you know, if I was going to have a grave with a tombstone on it, I'd probably have that on it. You know, that that song and that lyric is always, you know, it's my all-time favorite Blackberry Smoke tune. But, you know, when you said that going through the divorce and the twat, you know, it's kind of like the soundtrack through it and, you know, help pull you out of it and, you know, it really made, you know, put the light bulb above my head and, you know, that that bad luck ain't no crime is the same way with me back in through that experience. It's amazing how damn to do that, you know. 
Yeah. I you hear a song and it takes you back to a certain moment in time. It does. It does. Music is a time machine, you know? Um, yeah. I saw Butch Walker two months after my divorce. And I had known of Butch because of The Marvelous Three. And he was in the South Gang band, or, you know, the band South Gang in the, in the early 90s. Um, and I know my old roommates were huge Marvelous Three fans. And I always heard the name, and I, for whatever reason, never listened to the music, right? And my buddy had an extra ticket for his show at the House of Blues. It was the Sycamore Meadows show. And I heard the song Vessels, and I heard the song Here Comes The, which is about splitting up. Both those songs are about splitting up. And it just, I'm in the crowd, and, and like it just like went right through me. Like, wow, like this is totally what I went through totally what I I'm going through and I was like wow this is this is this is the guy for me right now this is going he's going to help me on my journey through through this and get me through this and he did man I mean and that's why I'm such a like a hardcore butch fan and that's why I become such a hardcore blackberry smoke fan and you know the bands that I really do talk about a lot those are the ones that have connected with me somewhere you know whatever i'm going through my life and have connected with me on that on that personal level but yeah it's 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 great when that happens because you know it's almost like a therapist that kind of you know is talking to you while you're going through something yeah and they and and they can you can kind of you know figure figure it out with the help of music and the help of good lyrics and and make you feel something and Blackberry Smoke, Butch Walker have both done that for me. Coincidentally, they're both from Georgia. I don't know if that has something to do with it. I don't know. But speaking of this, before I, before I forget, I made mention of this on my on my Twitter feed. How cool is it? Because I know Butch is putting out a double album next year, and Blackberry Smoke's working on a record right now. And Tuck Smith. That's the rumor. Yeah, that's the rumor. But Tuck Smith, who used to be in, the, in a band called Biters, who's also from Georgia, he's got a band called Tuck Smith and the Lonely Hearts. How cool would it to do, like, the all-Georgia tour with those three acts? Yeah. That would be, like, incredible. And if you're listening right now, Blackberry Smoke, you don't have to pay me for my suggestion. You don't have to, like, hey, you know, we'll give you something. I don't need any money. Just, just make it happen. And I'll go to multiple shows, yeah. and I'll be happy, and that's all I need. I just need, you know, I just want to be like, wow, this is the greatest thing that has ever been done. Three bands from Georgia, three kick-ass artist bands, whatever, playing in one night, and I get to see it and kick back and, and rock out and enjoy it. I'm not asking much. I'm just not. I'm just yeah. making a suggestion, you know. Well, if I could throw an extra one in there, there's another band from Georgia as well that's coming out with a new record next year, supposedly. And they could have, you know, a fourth one. That would be Jackal. Jackal? Yeah. Jackal is a little more edgier, though, right? They're a little more edgy. I mean, you know, I agree that Jackal kicks ass. Um, Maybe, like, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, hey, I'm not going to complain. If they throw Jackal in there, I certainly won't complain about it. Because I would be like, that's even more kick-ass. But they're like more, I mean, they're the only band that's going to be up there with with a chainsaw. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, maybe they, maybe they could do, you know, like a jam session, get, you know, a couple guys from each band up there with their own chainsaws. Yeah. Everybody brings a chainsaw up there and freaks everybody out in the crowd. Maybe have like, yeah. a, you know, like a fake prosthetic or something like that. That'd be really interesting. Um, but no. yeah, just take Eddie Trunk up on the stage and saw him in half. Anyway. There it is. 43 <laughs> minutes in. Crash makes his Eddie Trunk comment. <laughs> yep. It's just an idea. Just throwing that out there. Once again, Crash yep. expressing his ever-growing love for Eddie Trunk. Um, yes, yes, yes. You know. And speaking of Eddie Trunk, have you seen the uh, Stuart Trunk Twitter? Yes, I have. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, I saw that and about lost it. And I, I have, I have the notifications on for when Stewart hits the tweet. Did um, my good friend Stewart? Did we talk about? I think we did the last time we talked about Blackberry Smoke on the show. We talked about the interview Eddie did with Charlie, and just how, in our opinion, this is strictly our opinions. You know, this is not. You know, but just how out of touch, you know, he is with certain bands and what they want to do and what they want to accomplish. I think it was about trying to get the uh, record, yeah. record deal. Major label. Major label. Yeah, major label. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think he just wants to add that to his resume. Major record label, man. Look at me. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry. No, no, it's 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 your. Yeah. They don't need it. They really don't. I don't know how much that's going to change. Yeah. I mean, maybe more upfront money. Maybe they won't have to tour as much. I don't know. I don't know. It all depends on how the deals are structured, obviously. But um, I mean, why? I mean, they have freedom to do whatever they want to do. They can bring any band they want on tour with them. They're they're they make great music. They don't need some guy telling them what to sound like and what to do. So, you know, there, there, there's positives and negatives to, to all of it, but being that they're not a band that's just starting out and already have a pretty established career with a pretty established audience, I don't really see the need for them to go that route, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, if it isn't broke, why trunk it? Yeah, so... And you're right. I mean, they're established. They have their audience. They're constantly building on to it worldwide you know they, they can do what they want to do why why would you want to why would you want to give the man control yeah, yeah. you know they, they're doing pretty good for themselves I think, I think they might be onto something yeah I think they might I think they might be okay you know yeah. you know maybe 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 a couple albums maybe maybe a tour with Butch and Tuck Smith then they'll hit it big yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes yes so with the live album coming out them having you know a, the, the stu- last studio album they did was absolutely strong too um more the same you think in in, in the future with with blackberry smoke any particular direction and changes you think with their music or do you think you're just going to stick with what's working let's let's keep going well, just like, you know, with all the records, I think, you know, none of the records sound the same, but it always has 
that touch of familiarity to it. Always smells. You know? Sounds so like blackberry smoke. Just, yeah. So I mean, I think they'll just continue to, you know, I hate to use this word, mature, you know, and get better, you know. But you know, it'll be it'll be a new adventure, and but it's you know, it's always home, you know. It's familiar. It's, I don't see them running off and doing a, you know, death metal album or a polka album. Who knows? They might. Or a death metal polka you know. album. Yeah. Well, Which would be a whole new genre. Well, you know, they, they've got their, they've got their influences from the country to the bluegrass to the rock, to the blues, the, you know, everything that they weave together and, and the little sonic stew, and you know, they'll just continue continue down that highway they're on. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be you know some surprises there, but nothing too drastic. That's one of the so. things that really is can't be overstated with Blackberry Smoke is the fact that they do pull from so many different audiences. You know, you have you know the the country fan feels comfortable going to their show. The rock fan feels comfortable going to their show. So it's really a, an interesting line that they keep themselves on where they don't go too far one way and they don't go too far the other way. They, they, they do a great job of just appeasing both sides of that fence. And that's pretty tough to do, right? You know, because usually, no. you know, after, after a while, a band will kind of go in one direction, maybe circle back after a couple albums, but you know, every album they do gives all their fans stuff to chew on, stuff to enjoy. It's not like it's a country album or it's a rock album. It's, it's, it's such a unique, I don't want to say, I shouldn't say unique, but they just do it very well. They do, they do. It's, a, it's blackberry smoke. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? That's a perfect way to describe it, Crash. It really is. It, it, it's unique to blackberry smoke because there's not a lot of bands you know, that, that can do that. I mean, Southern rock bands are rock bands, right? You know, country bands are country bands and Blackberry smoke kind of like balances that so perfect and so well. It's, it's, it's great. It really is. Yeah. Like that t-shirt they have. I don't know if they still sell it. They had a t-shirt. It's a, you know, two rock for country, two country for rock. You know, it's, yeah. they're just Blackberry smoke. Yeah. You know, I don't think you can. I don't think I don't think you can, and I don't think they would like to be categorized. You know, they're just they're a band, and a damn you good know? one too. You know, they really are. They really yeah. they do it well. Um, I look forward to their new material, another tour. They're the band. They're a band that I have to go see every time they come in close to the Chicago area. Um, it's always a good time. Yeah, I'm still kicking myself. I didn't get to go see him in February. <sighs> Where were they? You know, how how close were they to you in, in February? Oh, an hour maybe, but I was. Uh, that, that's when I ended up with that concussion, a really bad concussion, like a couple days before. And the doctor was like, "Yeah, you're not going." <laughs> you know, it was just like I I was busy and dealing with headaches and stuff and. I didn't think being crammed up against a barricade with, 
you know, a thousand people behind me and the PA and all that would be too, <laughs> you know, too good. But I mean, it, it was hard enough to get in the vehicle and just go, you know, I've had that happen a couple of times where something happened. Well, I don't remember what it was, 2003. I went to Wichita. I was living in Joaquin. So we're talking about a 250 mile drive. But my parents were living in Wichita. I went to go see them. And I was in go see Korean Siberian Orchestra. And uh, my mom asked me to put the uh, tea kettle on the stove before I left. And I was like, okay, you know. She had one of those stupid stoves where you have to turn it and it clicks. You know, and then it'll ignite. And so I'm sitting there and it's not doing anything. And I'm like looking down, what the hell, man, it's working. Next thing I know, it clicked and ignited and flashed. Burned all my facial hair off. Burned off a bunch of my hair. And I couldn't see. I thought, literally thought I was blind. I mean, it hit the floor like a sack of shit. You know, my dad comes running and, what the hell happened? You know, he just saw a big flash and they had to take me to the ER, you know. You know, they, I don't know what they put in my eyes, but I was starting to see better. It was real spotty. You know, and the doctor's like, yeah, if I was you, I'd stay out of the light for a while. And I'm like, well, I got tickets to be trained during orchestra tonight. Hmm. You know, you better sell them because you, you go, you're going to end up blind. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I know what they're about. He goes, all the lasers and stuff. You get hit one with one of them, you'll never see again. I'm like, oh, what is this? CPS phone. <laughs> but just another one of the freak accidents or, you know, cost me a concert, but whatever. That's his life. We should do a show so, on like, on injuries or illnesses that have cost us from going to see a concert. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I miss cracking the head with the beer bottle of the show. I miss wrecking your whole life. Yeah, well, you told me about yeah, you said about that. You had to get stitches, but I I just missed in early part of November or yeah, end of November. I missed Sloan for um you know a Canadian band, and I missed Pete Yorn on his tour in the same week because I had I had something going on, and uh, yeah. you know I missed I missed Crowbot in the summer. I missed Priest in the summer. Um, yeah, just I think about some of the shows four years ago or four, four and a half years ago when Rush did their final tour. I missed that because I was sick. Um, yeah, not a, not a happy camper, but whatever. Anyway, man, what? Uh, Damn it, life. <laughs> yeah, right. What What are your final thoughts on the newest, latest, and greatest Blackberry Smoke live release? Highly recommend it for anybody that enjoys a good rock show. I mean, it's beautifully captured, pristine audio and video. And it's just a damn good time. I mean, you feel like, you know, you're sitting in your living room, you feel like you're there, you feel the emotion of the song, you know, vibing with the audience. You know, there's some awesome, you know, audience shots, you know, and participation and like them, Oh, I missed a, I missed a big one with I ain't got the blues. I mean, when you hear that crowd singing along to that song, no matter what venue you're at, you know it's, it brings that sense of community that you know only music can really bring. You know, I, I mean that's to me that song is like I don't know if anthem is the right word, 
but I mean, it sure brings everybody together and, you know, everybody makes a joyful noise, you know, so can't believe I forgot that one earlier. Yeah. You know, those are always great moments when the crowd gets involved and is singing along to the song and it, it just, you know, makes you feel connected to everybody in the room and the band on stage. And those are always awesome moments to look back and, and, and have a memory of. Yeah. Yeah, they, they nailed it with this one. And hats off to the, whoever filmed it and edited it. You know, all the, the key grips and everybody that helped make it happen from the band down to the crew and, you know, Doc and John Farrell, their sound guy and Thumper, their light guy, and, you know, the video crew and the audio crew and, you know, management and the crowd. You know, it's, it's, it's an experience. It's one I'd highly recommend turning it up to 11. I agree. I, I have listened to it now two or three times. It's in my car. I do flip it on frequently. It is a great live record. Like Crash says, it does capture the essence of Blackberry Smoke. Of course, nothing is better than to seeing them live right in front of you. If you have a chance next year or if you have a chance to get down in Florida for these last end-of-the-year shows, do it. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to go see them. Again, you're not going to break the bank like you would at some of these other big summer tours. You're going to see a good band, a great band, and you're going to enjoy yourself. You're going to hear great music, great songs. I've seen a lot of shows. I usually go to probably 20 to 30 shows a year. They are in my top five live bands of all time. They are great. If you're a fan of the band or you're just getting into them, check them out and enjoy them. You go on Facebook, there's a really cool community there of the brothers and sisters, you know, fan club, Blackberry Smoke. And I mean, it's people from all over the world. And I mean, just throw on a topic there about Blackberry Smoke. Keep it about Blackberry Smoke unless it's on Monday and you got music Monday where you can throw any band up there. Don't get into politics. But, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing community. They, you know, of the fans and, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool. You know, I guess, I mean, I'm not a deadhead, but I can only imagine it's obviously on a smaller scale than, you know, what the deadheads had going, but, you know, the brothers and sisters of library smoke, you know, you go to a show and, you know, you meet new friends and, you know, tailgating and meeting up before the show and bonding with people at the show. It's it's really it's a really cool community, communal experience. You know, so it's like church, but a lot better. It's a perfect <laughs> perfect way to <laughs> describe it and perfect way to end the conversation. Check out the latest Blackberry Smoke album, a live album, live at the Tabernacle. And go see them live when they come back here and they come back around in 2020 with their new album. Go check them out. I promise Amen. you, you will, you will enjoy it. Thanks again, Crash, for doing this. Always appreciate it. And You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Once again, this is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. 
We're going to do this again. We'll see you tomorrow on the second day of the 12 days of Christmas. It'll be Christmas Eve. Talk again soon. Take care. Oh, my God.